Hey, this is Della's dad. My name's Adam, and this is a podcast that chronicles what it's like to be a first-time dad and leans into the expertise and experience of other fathers. It's a discussion about one dad raising his daughter and a tool for all parents out there. At the very least, we'll have some fun with some serious topics that all parents can relate to. After all, we're in it for the long haul, right? So let's enjoy the dad experience and let's be good at it. This week, we chat with a fellow Aussie based here in New York, Mark. He's a father of a nine month old. So a little bit ahead of me on this one. And I just wanted to talk to Mark about what's going on with Della. I haven't podcasted in more than a couple of months. And I just want to talk about this three month milestone. Della's about to be four months old, but the last month has been a doozy. So just want to talk about all the major changes that come at around the three month mark, all of the fun and all the challenges, trials and tribulations. It's a good one. Hope you enjoy it. Mark, thanks so much for joining the podcast. How are you? Good, mate. Thank you for, for having me on. It's my first podcast, so I'm breaking my cherry here. <laughs> Very good. You, you've done well enough that you've actually throw, thrown me off what I, what I was going to say <laughs> next when you talk about busting cherries. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can take it from the top if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, it's good. It's good. Unfortunately, this all goes in. I, I pretend like I don't edit the podcast. Like I don't cut out all of the ums and the ahs and the so's and the likes that I put on here. Yeah, it's raw. One of the things that blows me out, you'll have like a mate who starts a podcast or a friend of a friend and the tagline is Billy and Tommy raw and unedited. And it's like, you're not a professional media person you need to edit the way you speak you need to cut out all of, all of the, the bs it's otherwise it's not interesting like oh my god billy and tommy said something controversial and they didn't edit it out oh, oh, oh you know anyway yeah it's meant to um, be an organic conversation but if it went if you posted most organic conversations it would you'd lose listeners pretty quick i'd imagine yeah yeah it's definitely not a secret at least with the stuff i make i go through and i pull out all of the things that make us sound dumb and, and definitely sound a little bit better and crisper uh, in, in post-production. Anyway, mate, the show isn't about podcasting. The show's about... Yeah, tell me about Della. Kids. How's she doing? She's good, mate. Um, she's just about to turn four months old tomorrow, actually. And nice. yeah, it's been a huge month. So we're recording this now. And over the last two months, I've literally only released one episode because we've been a little bit busy. Uh, a big part of that is due to Della. It does get that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember on one of my previous episodes a couple of months ago talking about at the eight-week mark where she finally smiled at me. I was just like, oh, my God, this is this changes everything. Little did I yeah. know it was the three-month mark where I sort of considered it as this is the next phase in her being. I won't go in the super detail on like every little piece, but at a high level – she started rolling over under her stomach, you know, no more swaddling, which also means I've gone back to being worried that she stopped breathing. So I'm checking on her incessantly 10 yeah. times a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's more engaged. Like she notices stuff and responds to it. Like she knows what the bottle is when the bottle's coming in, she like opens up, you know, but she gets more distracted as well, which means she's a pain in the ass to feed. Cause she's always like looking around. I feel like that goes through waves. Like river will be like, you know, it's incredibly easy from time to time with the bottle. Yeah. And then for like what, and you feel like you've kind of got everything nailed and, you know, like life is, is on this very, you know, nice trajectory. And then like for one reason or another, like unexplainable reason, they'll just decide not today and, and everything will be difficult. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's there's a lot of ebbs and flows, I would say. Yeah, that's reoccurring advice for sure that I've heard from a lot of people, which is just like, there is no, this is the way it is now. It's just, this is the way it is for now until it changes again. Those have been positive changes, right? Like her being more reactive and rolling over. So I've loved those. It is funny, you know, when, when she's had enough to drink, whether it's from the breast or the bottle, she like arches her back and kicks away and almost throws herself off of you, which is like scary. But like we're noticing she, now we can't, we can kind of leave her on the bed, but when she's feeling very mobile, she's a liability now. Like the changing yeah. station, I am now, I like that it's five foot high because it, it helps with your back, but like now it's like she better not roll off yeah, that Yeah, it's, it's a long fall. Yeah. And it only, it only, I mean, River's particularly active. Like he's always, like from the moment, you know, basically, you know, he was born, he just like bounces constantly, like up and down, up and down. And, like, now, like, we can't, like, he, we can't even physically hold him on our chest. He just, like, try and pushes, like, pushes off your chest. And it's, like, kind of like he's scaling a wall. It's like that Stallone movie, Cliffhanger, where he's just, like, walking <laughs> up the side of a, a cliff. Um, good. It's, it's, it, makes, good- it, makes, it makes it difficult to, like, to really, like, take him out and socialize now. But it's all, it's all good fun cliffhanger reference that's an epic reference right there i didn't see that one coming that just that just came to me you know i still have and maybe i'm making it up now i have this image in my head of like i guess he drops his friend they're climbing and he kills his friend or his friend falls off the cliff but he tries to catch him and it's like you got this image of stallone yeah pain face you know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, eye contact until the moment he hits the ground yeah Stallone has been the dude for a long time, but I feel like when we were kids, you know, obviously an Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like Stallone was the dude. He was all in all of the movies, man. There was that one where he was a trucker over the top. Obviously you had cliffhanger over the top was one. And I kind of remember these cause I'd watch them with my dad over the top was the one yeah. where he was a trucker, but he's an arm wrestler and he didn't mean <laughs> I business. And, that. Yeah. It was like a whole thing. He was like, going in arm wrestling competitions so he could pay like child support or something. But like, you know, he was trying, but then he wasn't really trying until he turned his hat backwards. When he turned his back from his hat from front to back, that's when things got serious. Interesting. Well, I digress massively. Yeah. Yeah. If we all get laid off, we know what we can uh, do to pay the bills, huh? Stallone marathon. Oh yeah. Some, some arm wrestling competition. Um, anyway, uh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. So R- River's quite active. Yeah, Dell is starting to do that now, which that's been super fun as well. And just seeing her move, and the the other part of it that that we've noticed is that you can no longer just like once they hit this stage, whether it's around the three month mark or whatever, you can't just leave them somewhere for half an hour, like in a chair or in a Bjorn bouncer or whatever and they'll just amuse themselves, like they need to be stimulated, you know? So now yeah, we're, for sure. we, we've had the play gym thing, that stuff hangs from all this stuff. If she gets bored and she gets bored easily now, unless we have something ready for her, she'll start making cranky noises. She'll be like, Arr! 
uh, uh, you know, like that. I'm not going to do that too yeah, much. Yeah. It my throat. But like, <laughs> it's so fascinating to me that she's sitting there going, well, like, well, this isn't going to cut it, dad. Like you need to show me the goods because I'm upset right now. You know, that's been a big change. Yeah. And there's an evolution as well. River's crawling now, like quite a lot. He's pulling himself up onto things and he just like, like that, you know, everyone knows about obviously baby proofing your, your home. But that doesn't really become real or feel real until they start moving. Like it's kind of like this thing that you know you have to do, but you don't realize that like everything in your home is a, is a booby trap um, just waiting. And, and they always seem to go for the most dangerous or inconvenient things, <laughs> you know, like they're like it's and like, you know, whether they're playing with the toy, like here's the room full of toys yet he will go and try and suck on the, the fork, our dog's yeah. toy. No, yeah. like our dog's toy. It's like the one that's like been like ripped apart and like dragged through mud. Yet that's like the most appealing thing for him. So it's like it's like very odd how they seem to be able to s- seek out danger or things that they shouldn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the movement yeah. the movement piece is, is definitely a challenge. Like I do remember, like there was a period, kind of not too far from probably where you are now, where you could just kind of put him there, and like he could he started to entertain himself which was like a, this beautiful, you know, three-week period or however short it was. But, like, you could, like, do some things without an eye on them at all times. But now it's like it's like the horse is bolted. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> it. <laughs> we've got baby gates everywhere. And <laughs> That's the thing that scares me because we, we don't, have to baby proof just yet but i know it's around the corner and i'm looking at our apartment being like this is going to be trouble this is yeah, yeah. Everything, everything needs to change yeah in here here in new york in our apartment we've got like his room and that's kind of like where all the playing happens and mm-hmm. we just bought a baby gate for his room so that's like secured him from the outside world beyond the uh beyond his room and had to get like because we've got a plant in there we've had to get like these these covers that sit over the the pot because he was starting to like pull out all of the uh, dirt and it's like a, yeah it's a constant like evolution like just when you think you've got it to a point where everything's good like they'll do something else they'll grow they'll evolve where they they realize the next thing that could kill them um or seriously <laughs> seriously maim them so it's it's i feel like we're getting like daily amazon deliveries for like different contraptions or traps that we can um yeah. use to like make the whole place safe so what you're saying is what we need to do is just build a four by four padded cell for the kids yeah and with basically. nothing else in it yeah <laughs> the only time i've like i've like been in a room with him where i'm like okay nothing bad can go wrong here is it when we take him to like this play group where like literally the the floor is like padded carpet the walls are all padded like everything's like designed to be safe yeah, um, yeah. Other than you that, finally let like, your guard down. That, that's yeah, when you fall like asleep. no hazards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Actually, w- one other thing that I noticed about this current stage that Della's in is she now, I mean, she doesn't know what a phone is, but she knows the phone is a thing and mm-hmm. she knows when you're looking at your phone and not at her. So when she's in those, yeah. I need you to stimulate me phases, but I'm like, I need to read the news phase, she can tell. So I'll be looking at her playing with her and she's happy and smiley. And I quickly just kind of lift the phone up, check, you know, the price of Bitcoin (laughs) since FTX (laughs) is in the news now. 
and she'll immediately make her cranky noises like within within three seconds like she knows it's it's incredible and I'm not at the point yet where I'm necessarily worried about screen time for kids. That's a, probably a bit early to worry yeah. about for me. But the fact that, and it's, it's not the phone, I guess the point I'm trying to make is when she wants to engage me or me to engage her, she can tell when I'm actually distracted doing something else, which is mind blowing because she's not even four months old yet. And she knows yeah, the difference between an engaged human and a distracted human. Yeah. You've got a little prima donna on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing how perceptive they are, you know, at such a young age. And I think like a phone is like this thing that is constantly, you know, imagery is constantly changing. You know, if you're watching something or you're flicking through an article, it's just like colorful, bright, you know, and it's just like a stimulating thing. But Mm. um, yeah, River doesn't really go for the TV. Like we try like on a Sunday morning, we'll be like, oh, we'll put like the Cartoon Network on just to like give Renee and I like a moment of like not having to watch him and like he'll watch it doe-eyed for like two minutes and then he'll be on the move again and we're Not back enough. to yeah, cordoning him off around the bed. You need to get him some good quality animation, you know, like Rick and Morty or Solar Opposites or Big Mouth yeah. or something like that, yeah. Yeah, Bluey doesn't <laughs> cut it anymore. Straight in the deep end. Another thing that she does now, which I think is hilarious and also mind-blowing, but she's figured out the difference between a bottle and Jess's boob in that – I guess because we just went with a standard nipple size on the boob. I didn't know the different sizes allowed for different flows. I thought, I thought you were going to say something about Jess's nipple size then. I was going to be like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, when we were at the plastic surgeon, he was like, look, Jess, you've got like four different size options. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the nipple size on the bottle. Uh, I guess the one that we give her, it just flows quicker and easier. So. Yeah. When she's cranky, she just refuses to take Jess's boob no matter what. doesn't matter how hungry she is. If she's not into it, she'll like only take the bottle. And how many times I've walked in the room to a screaming baby and Jess just looking at me with like just infuriated because Del is being a little bee. But like it's because she's figured out. She's like, I'm hungry, but not that hungry. I ain't trying to work for it. Like I need you to give me the bottle. I need the easy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's funny. So we transitioned to the bottle fairly early on. Like Renee went back to work pretty early and we like started introducing the bottle early. She was breastfeeding or we were feeding him pumped breast milk in the bottle, but like we probably transitioned fully onto formula around the three-month mark. And it's funny and like I know like obviously there are health benefits and like a lot of scientific research, et cetera, around breast milk and the, the benefits of it. But like we found that at around that point was kind of like a turning point in River's sleep. And we actually saw a lot of really positive things come from from that time, which was which was interesting. From switching to formula. Well I don't think it was necessarily and I guess this, you know, you kind of asked at the top of this like around sleep and how that's you know all going and you know I think for us around that time like we started to transition to formula we started to really put together a, a like a schedule for forever mm. and I think the two of those things combined was like it's what helped him we believe at least I think there's like some elements of like he's just a good sleeper and like you know we're aiding that but we did this course, which was very helpful in terms of like building out um, a schedule. And really, 
with us, what we found is like in the beginning, like if you had a really long nap during the day, we were like, this is awesome. Like four hours mm. nap, a four hour nap or whatever. And we were like, oh, like we've got all this time during the day. And obviously what we soon came to realize was that, you know, long nap during the day just destroyed his night nighttime and, the, and ours as a result. So like kind of what we what we started to do is like, you know, monitor and regulate how much like sleep he got during the day and, and waking him if it was if it was too much. But, you know, back to the bottle thing, I think that allowed us to regulate the amount of milk he got during the day. So like, yeah, what we realized is if he got like his caloric intake during the daytime, he wasn't as hungry at the, you know, during the night. And that helped. I think, um, you know, with him and his sleep and, you know, the positive attributes of that. Yeah. That's some of the things we've been seeing or hearing is this idea that you just got to get them the calories they need during the day. I guess one thing that we are in a similar boat is that we've been actually feeding her from the bottle a lot, even though it's Mm -hmm. breast milk, Jess will pump into a bottle and whatever, which I think they say early on, they're like, oh, you should breastfeed as much as possible. And aside from, you know, whether it's good for the baby to smell the mum or whatever, there's something around the production as well. It, the baby being the baby being on the nipple stimulates production. But at least for Jess, I knock on wood, maybe we've just been lucky, but she does a lot of just pumping with the breast pump and only now only actually straight breastfeeding in the middle of the night. And her production yeah. seems pretty decent. But point being, I have noticed that because we can monitor how much goes into a bottle those days where she has like a good sleep is usually a day where she's mostly bottle fed. And we know that we've pumped in 150 yeah. mils or five ounces at each time. That's the, the tough part with breastfeeding is like, it's, you just, you don't know how much they're getting, you know, and mm. it could be them, you know, not sucking correctly. It could be the, the woman's production, you know, it's, it's just so hard. So like, that's why, like, I think like, obviously there are benefits, but like, I think, a lot of people that I hear that are struggling with with sleeping and their their babies tend to still be solely breastfeeding, which which is tough. So I don't know, yeah. like what's like I don't know which one I would take, right? Because like you know, obviously you want your, your children to be healthy, and I, you know, obviously formula doesn't mean they're going to be unhealthy, but mm. also like I value sleep, you know, and I think like if you and your partner can get adequate sleep during the night that has benefits that I think also translate back to the, yeah. to the baby. Cause like, yeah. you're not stressed. You're not bickering with one another. Like you can, you know, work, do what, you know, what you need to do to make yourself feel whole and not be operating on like 20% capacity. So, yeah, I, I remember a buddy of mine, like years and years ago when they had their first kid, he was, you know, and they, and they were doing breastfeeding for a little while and then, they pretty quickly, I think, moved on to formula. And I'm in my mid-20s with zero interest in children or learning about feeding or anything like that. But my mate went to great pains to say to me, we switched to formula because my wife, she just can't handle the waking up five times a night doing it alone because it's always yeah. her. So we're doing formula so I can help out so we can both get a bit more sleep and so she can recover and all that kind of good stuff. And I was just like, cool, man, whatever, like good, good for you. I I didn't know at the time how much of a 
divisive and controversial thing it can be and how much pressure gets put on mothers to have to breastfeed. But yeah. formula seems fine. We got, we, we starting to work formula in now. And, but the point I was trying to make was, you know, you, you have those trade-offs and one of those things is if, if formula helps you both sleep more or it's good for the baby, like do it, just, just do it. I yeah. think that's one of the things we're also learning just in practice now with Della is just trying different things as well. We'll do something while it works. And then as soon as things aren't working, we like change it up, you know? Yeah. yeah. The other one was sometimes, and this is part of why I started this podcast is sometimes you just need to have a chance conversation with someone and they will give you an idea and this actually happened. Jess was talking to a couple of other mothers the other week that she's befriended and they were talking about sleep training and putting their kid down and all that kind of stuff. And one of them happened to mention that they don't, and, and their kid is the same age as Della. They don't mm-hmm. put the dummy back into her mouth after they've done it once. So they don't replace the dummy. Whenever they put the kid down, it gets one shot at it. And if the kid spits it out, that's it for the whole night. Right. Use it and or I guess, lose it. Yeah. Use it or lose it. And I guess the theory is if they need the dummy to fall asleep all the time, they won't put themselves to sleep in the middle of the night without you getting up, right? So you're teaching them to be on their own. That had never crossed our mind. Literally that same week, and this is, you know, Della's three and a half months at this point, I was wondering, I was like, oh my God, like, thank God for the dummy. Otherwise she would never go to sleep. So then when this idea got put in our heads, Jess and I looked at each other and we were like, I guess we should try it. We should just see what happens if we don't replace the dummy. And funnily enough, literally the next time she went down for a nap, we didn't replace it. She fell asleep just fine. The time after that, the time since that conversation two weeks ago, we don't replace the dummy anymore. And it hasn't positively or negatively impacted her sleep at all. Whereas like in our heads, we thought we needed the dummy. It turned out we didn't. Now maybe we got lucky, right? Like other people can struggle with that, but I like the idea of just trying different things and this conversation sort of aids, aids those ideas. Yeah. I like, I think like pacifiers dummies, they can like, I've had friends who have like warned, they've been like six months ahead of us in kind of the child raising life, life cycle. Um, and they were like warning us, like, don't, you know, don't let them get too dependent on the pacifier because like now, like, you know, it can be really difficult to wean them off it because they do get very dependent on it. It's also crazy how, like, it has, like, almost a, like, scientific effect. Like, it's the minute you put it in, like, we found, like, River's eyes would just start, like, blinking. Mm. Like, it, like, it puts him, it's like a sedative. It's it's yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. But I think, like, the, the point you made about, like, training them, letting them understand how to put themselves back down to sleep is key and like it's not something that like you hear people talk about all that often but once they learn how to do that and i think like there there are a couple things like getting the baby into their own room and out of your room like is, is we like we found that to be very beneficial because they inherently make a lot of noise throughout the night whether they're awake or not and oftentimes you know you're a highly strong parent young parent like you like you hear a noise and you think the worst or it just wakes you up because it's loud but if they're in a separate room you're not as susceptible to hear that and then just rush in so like that was like a a a big thing that we found beneficial but also back to the feeding thing like if if you know that they've eaten enough throughout the day and Mm. they've had a good feed right before bed like when they wake up and cry like you know that they're not hungry they're just like 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 adults they're 
you know, coming to the end of a sleep cycle. So like, like adults, we kind of go up and down throughout, you know, sleep throughout the night in terms of heavy and light sleep. And that's, then they do the same, right. And then they wake up and they start crying, but they're not hungry. They're just like, they're just up for a period. So if you yeah. let them soothe themselves back down and train them to think, okay, I'm not actually hungry here. I'm just awake. Eventually they'll put themselves down and then that starts to become shorter. Like the cries at night become shorter and shorter. And suddenly they're, they're kind of going through the night and that's kind of what, uh, what we all want. No, you're right. And that, and that's been what we're starting to realize as well. It like the two work together. It's make sure they're fed enough during the day and make sure they have some skill in putting themselves back to sleep. It's actually sure. quite satisfying watching Della scream on the baby monitor and you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to wait a couple of minutes, three, four minutes, whatever, and I'll go in and I'll ha- I should finish that statement. It's satisfying watching her scream. That's not where I was going with that. <laughs> it's satisfying when she's screaming and you're like, okay, she keeps this up for two more minutes. I'm going to go in and soothe her so she doesn't go too long. But then half the time she'll just stop. She'll go from wailing to asleep. It's it's actually incredible how like yeah. Jess and I will be chatting while we're, hit, while we're listening to her wail. Again, this doesn't happen a lot. It's not enjoyable. But the point is we're, you know, we know we can't go in. And then all of a sudden we'll be talking. We'll be like, wait a minute. She's, she's quiet. Oh, she's fallen asleep. You know? Um, so yeah, agreed. That's important. Changing yeah. your mood, being able to change your mood so quickly to go yeah. from one extreme to the next in a second. You know what I will say? Well, if Jess was here, she'd definitely point this out. I get very hangry. And as soon as I have that first bite, I'm just like, oh, the sun's out and the flowers are, you know, so I guess we, we do that a yeah. little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm actually the exact same. So I, yeah. I, I feel you. <laughs> and, you know, looks like Della's going to be that way as well, or she already is a little hanger <laughs> yeah. monster. But I guess, and the other thing I wanted to mention is as part of that, we just got out of a massive sleep regression. And this is related mm-hmm. because once you hit about the three-month mark, there was a solid three weeks of sleep regression. And thankfully, as of about a week ago, it looks like we're out of it. But the point what was it, that. What did it look like when she was in that period? Like what, how often was she up? Like what was Yeah. Before that, we got to a point where she would sleep till 5 a.m. before she would wake up and need a feed, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she started waking up at 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. and, you know, and 5 a.m. and all this stuff. It's, it, like, like I was saying before, everything just went out the window and it was a whole new thing. And because Jess and us were so used to soothing her, usually with feeding in the middle of the night, Jess just automatically would give her the boob at 1 or at 3. And because you, you're not necessarily thinking it through, you're like, oh, maybe she's hungry and whatever. And then we started to realize, oh, this is the sleep regression. Because all of a sudden, it isn't just one night. It is like every night. So one of the things we realized was, okay, we know she can last till 5 a.m. without a feed. So when she wakes up in the middle of the night, let's just try and soothe her. That's pretty hard work because she's screaming at 3 a.m. And that's actually one thing where I think what makes the sleep regression worse at the three-month mark is that when they're a newborn, you're both off work you got this brand new kid, you're waking up five times a night together, whatever. Your yeah. body's just mentally and physically in the zone, right? Right. But at month three, when you're used to sleeping till 5 a.m., you have your full deep REM sleep, all this kind of stuff, and your body gets shocked back into waking up at 1 and 3 a.m., 
that's brutal. I actually felt worse because what, what we did was I said to Jess, look, let me get up for the 3 a.m. screaming fit because we know we don't have to feed her. I'll do that one. You do 5 a.m. And honestly, that felt worse than when we first brought her home. Like there was some times where I'm trying to soothe her and I physically felt weak in the knees because I was so discombobulated about waking up at 3 a.m. It's like a because you have that initial like first few weeks. Like that's like that's a tough time. Like mm. you're definitely more prepared. You know it's coming. But that doesn't make it any easier. And then when you get through that, you think, oh, this is great. You kind of feel like you've returned to some normalcy. Yeah. But you know that that, that is, you know, possible. And then when yeah. it goes, when it regresses back to that, it's like, oh, we're, the, so we're his, back. The, yeah, the funny part, and, and I, I will say, I know this should be obvious, but for as much as I'm complaining about how hard it was, it's always been harder on Jess because she does the wake-ups way more than I do. So so shout My out husband. to Jess. <laughs> she doesn't listen to any of these podcasts. She goes, I just, I can't because we're home together all day and night. So when I finally get away from you, the last thing I want to do is hear your voice in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I forgot what point I was going to make now. Uh, oh, yes. When it finally ends, you know, it. it's not until like day three that you allow yourself to be excited and think, oh, I think we're behind it. You know, I, I specifically yeah. remember the first four days when it ended. Day one, I could just tell during the day, even when she was going down for her naps, it was easy. And I was like, oh, she's in a good mood today. That's nice. And then that night, you know, she slept through till five or, you know, whatever it was, or, or, or if she was getting up at three, a quick little settle without, without food and she'd go back to sleep. And then day two, she'd go down easily during the naps again. You're like, Oh man, back to back good days. Back, what if we get back yeah. to back good nights? You know, I don't know what to compare it to, but like there's this excitement, but you don't want to jinx it. Even if you're not a superstitious person. And right. then by day three, I was pretty three or four i was convinced i was like we are out of it baby i even i went into the office because i was like i want to go see people uh, there's a lunch yeah, thing yeah. happening at my office i'm going to go and you know and i went in and i spent the arvo catching up with some of my colleagues and i was just like my happy bubbly self and i didn't realize until later in that day i was like the reason i am this way is because we've gotten That's good sweet. sleep the last three days and and Della the relentless is is relenting <laughs> you know yeah so, um, that's why like that's why we've like tried to really hold to some form of schedule because once you like the sleep's like the drug like once you once you have like once you have it you certainly don't want to let it go so like yeah. we've been pretty I mean we've been regimented with river I mean it's not like something crazy we just like put him down at the same time we wait you know he make sure he wakes up at the same time we feed him at the same time we you know we try and to to sort of plan our day around when we know he's going to be feeding or, or sleeping and, and we've got a ton more flexibility now because you know we can you know bring food like sort of solid foods with us when we go out so that that's helped a lot and he doesn't need he's only doing two naps per day now so we've kind of gotten a lot of flexibility back um and i think sometimes people you know hear the word schedule and think of a negative connotation but i actually mm. think that by by having some routine you kind of know when you can and can't do things you're not going to get what's well, a lower probability that you'll have a screaming baby 
at lunch because you know that they've just woken up and they're they're yeah. fed and they're happy. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, that's been a huge huge help for us. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the best thing that's happened to us is realizing Della feeds roughly every two and a half hours. At, yep. or, or, or at minimum two hours. So it yep. makes it so much easier to get out of the house and do stuff because you're like, we just fed her or she needs to be fed in an hour. We take one bottle and one bottle is enough because we'll be home in three hours. And right, we went from barely leaving the house the first two months for many reasons to now, you know, I went to, I was telling you before we started recording, I went to the uh, Museum of Natural History today on the Upper West Side and I took Della with me. And at first I was like going to ask Jess, hey, can you look after Della or are you going into work? And she's like, I got to work. So I took yeah. her with me and, and it was fine. And I was like, oh, okay, this is actually easy. Like I, I know her now. I know roughly what she needs. Like we're good. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, you get yeah. You, you get to understand kind of when and like when you can push the envelope a little bit with like being out. Like we took, I took River to a bar on Saturday. Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. so it, was, it was a nice day on Saturday. Went to went to a museum myself and then Renee dropped him into the city, had a few beers with the boys. Yeah, nice. I do like how, I guess, before you have a kid, it's one of those things that when you're quote-unquote young, kids are lame to you. But then when you have one and you take them out and about, you realize that everybody loves kids because everyone wants to say hi and everyone's like, Oh, your kid's so cute. And you're like, Oh no, kids aren't lame. Kids are awesome. And then, and then by extension, taking them out to places where it should just be adults to like bars and cafes or, or whatever is all, is always actually pleasantly received. I'll say, unless they're a screaming baby, in which case, you know, you need to leave. Yeah. (laughs) That's a huge caveat. I will say though, I feel like dogs are still a bigger draw to a random person on the street than a baby. Like if yeah. I'm walking down the street with Mac and River, people will co- go over to Mac more so than River. <laughs> River's going to have a chip on his shoulder growing up if he yeah. knows this. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> life life lessons already. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Was there anything that you wanted to bring up, or or we kind of covered some good stuff? I, I think we chatted through everything that you know I was hoping to. It's so like for me, it's like make sure they're fed. Make sure they. You know they nap well, and hopefully that leads to uh, a uh, a nice night's sleep for for the for the adults. Yeah, it's it's funny. That's one of the things because I always try and ask folks for advice, and it's just yep, yeah, make sure they're fed. It's probably food, which is why they're upset. So tick that yeah. box, and then get the sleep done, and then the rest is gravy. I don't know. Is that a very yeah. ignorant thing to say? <laughs> I mean. I don't think so. I hope, hope, I hope that that the rest is gravy. So far, yeah. so good. Yeah. Apparently, when they're teenagers, it's really easy. They just raise themselves, yeah. basically. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, you've you've got your hands full, mate. You've got a girl. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a whole other kettle of fish. I'm I'm gonna do yeah, an episode. That's next on, week's episode. Yeah, on, on girl dad club. I got to talk to all the other girl dads and <laughs> yeah. see what see what we're gonna do about this. Platty, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. I'll, Appreciate I'll, your I'll time. Leave, no worries, mate. I'll I'll leave you with something. I, was, I heard a funny thing um, one time when Sean Penn was being interviewed because he's got daughters as well, and he there was a, a guy came over to his house to pick up. You know, this girl take her on a date. Sean Penn answers the door, which would be a pretty jarring thing for any any young kid. And he said, "You can take my daughter out. 
you can do whatever you want with her, but just know whatever you do with her, I'm going to do with you when you bring her home. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's a mantra that maybe you can adopt to, you know, keep Della safe uh, when she's a little older. That's hectic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my mind hasn't gone there yet. I'm more thinking I'm just going to make sure you learn jujitsu and then you can, just make sure you can handle yourself. I'm going to be hands off like you do. You, that's you, you that's make probably a better for result you. for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, okay. Yeah. A, a, a lot to unpack there. We'll leave that for another day. <laughs> Flatty, thank you, mate. Right. Thanks for having me on, mate.